0: Now, I don't know how many weeks we've been on it. But I'm going to tell you right now, this, if this doesn't help you, it helps me. Guys, I'm going to tell you, this has really blessed me. Go to the book of uh, 1 Timothy 5. 1 Timothy 5. Now, as you're turning there, let me give you one of the Proverbs. This is in the message. This is Proverbs 10, 27. It says, the fear of God expands your life. And I like that. The fear of God is going to expand my life. So there's something that happens when we get over and live with the fear of God. Now the last few weeks we've been talking about different scenes with the fear of God. If you'll remember the two sons of Aaron, this is Leviticus 10. His son's name was Nadab and Abihu. They offered profane fire. In other words, they did a small thing that God didn't tell them to do. And remember when it happened? They were met with immediate judgment. They died. I believe everybody that was around that it got their attention. Then we looked in Acts 5 at the guy named Ananias and his wife, Sapphira. They, they gave an offering, but they were deceptive. And remember what happened. They were met with immediate judgment. Things happened. Last week, we talked about Eli's two sons, Finus and Hophnon. And I'm going to tell you guys, they were full of sin and full of sin for years of their life. And so it gives us a little bit of insight of, What happens at times when God's judgment is immediate? And most of the time when you see that, guys, it's when the Spirit of the Lord is really moving. When the glory of the Lord is strong, okay? Keep that thought. And let's begin here. 1 Timothy 5, verse 24. Listen here. Some men's sins are clearly evident. Some men's sins are openly evident. They're blatantly evident. Preceding them or following them to judgment immediately. Now the message says it marches them right into court. What does? Their blatant sins. Okay? Keep reading. But those of some men follow later. And so what he's telling us here, guys, sometimes the judgment of God, it will follow their sins at a different time. Now, we can go back and we can look at what happened like we talked about with Aaron's sons, with what happened with with Ananias and Sapphira, you know, when they just lacked reverence for the Lord. But think about this right here. Every one of us, we probably see people who sin. Day by day by day by day by day. Like Eli's sons. Like some of you maybe. That was me, man. I sinned every day and I was a good sinner. And so when we see that happens, a lot of times we look and we think there's no immediate judgment. And so when there's no immediate judgment, we have this thought. We got away with it. Nothing happened. We're exempt. God overlooks it. Or God winks at it. Which all this does, guys, is I believe it births a sense of false grace. Where people think, it's okay. It's okay if I do that. Now think back there, just in reading this, in Acts 5 with Ananias and Sapphira. When they were brought with immediate judgment. Now think about this, guys. Their asked Peter asked them, did you give this amount? And Ananias said, yeah, I gave that amount. And Peter looked and said, dude, why did you lie to God? And boom, he died. And then Sapphira came in or Sapphira came in a few, few hours later, and Peter said, is this what you gave and She said, yeah, that's what I gave. And he looked and said, here's the boys coming to get you too. You died too. So what happens in Acts 5, it says that the fear of the Lord fell upon the church. I guess so. Now just think that right here tonight. That we have someone come down here and they become very deceptive. And all of a sudden, man, the fear of God comes in here and strikes Raul Ull right between the eyes. And Raul falls over dead. Guess what would happen in the church? The fear of God would come in here. I mean, we would all wear these spiritual straight We'd all stand up. We we're like, Don't breathe. Don't breathe. Don't wink. Don't move. See, this is what happens those guys. When the fear of the Lord is there, the presence of the Lord will be there. And if you go back and look in that passage in Acts 5, it said people started getting born again. Remember, it said that the anointing, the power of God was so strong on Peter's life that just the shadow would heal people. Just the shadow of that. Now look what it goes on to say, verse 25. Likewise, the good works of some are clearly evident. In other words, you see the good works. I mean, it's very obvious at times when people do good things, you see them. But look what it goes on to say. And then that those that are otherwise cannot be hidden. so he's telling us here, one's character, one's sin, one's good works, guys. They're all going to be revealed at one time or another, everything we do on this earth, good, bad, and ugly, is going to be revealed. So you know what that tells me? Judgment's going to come. God's judgment's going to come. Now, the book of Joel, chapter two, and 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 uh, Peter referenced it in Acts two, and it talks about. That these last days, the Spirit of the Lord is going to be poured out upon all flesh. Joel chapter 2, I believe exactly, it's verse 23. It says a thing called the latter rain. That the latter rain is going to happen. Now, what the latter rain means is it's going to be an outpouring of the Spirit of God. There was a former rain, but there's going to be a latter rain. And listen, guys, we're moving into that more and more. Now, I can tell you this today. When the latter rain, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit starts flowing and really moving, it's going to be met with an increase of judgment. I believe that with all my heart. Once again, why? When the power of God is strong, the anointing of God is strong, judgment will be strong too. Now, we don't want to to go back and say, man, maybe we don't want that. Yeah, we want that. I don't know about you. I've prayed for years of my life. To see miracles on a consistent basis. I mean mind-blowing stuff. I prayed for years, you know. I still believe God's with all my heart. Mark 16, the Great Commission, it says, you'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Now, you know what I understand with with that statement right there? It has nothing to do as far as me. I couldn't heal a flea. But I'm going to tell you, when I get full of God... And we lay hands on people in the name of Jesus. And you start watching the, the blind see. You start watching the deaf hear. You start seeing those things. It gets people's attention. I want to see that. But there's going to be some things going to happen right here in this earth. So you know what I'm telling? Every one of us live with a reverential fear of God. Unlike any other time. Now go with me to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 8. Ecclesiastes chapter eight. Where's that at? Right after Proverbs, right after the Proverbs. So you know what I believe, guys? The, the 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 judgment of the Lord, it will birth the fear of the Lord. How do I know that? Just go back there and look there in Acts when you saw that with Ananias and Sapphira. Man, that when the judgment of the Lord hit, and the people got they got right. They started fearing the Lord. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter eight. This this is. S-O-G-O-O-D good right here. This passage right here is incredible. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 10. Then I saw the wicked buried. Who had come and gone from the place of holiness. Now as you look at that. He said I've seen the wicked buried. Buried. And where did the wicked come from? They had come from the place of holiness. So you know what this tells me? These wicked people were frequenting the church. They were showing up at the church. And it says, guys, and they were forgotten in the city where they had so done. Where they had done such What had they done? Wicked. So in the city they lived in, they were known as being wicked. Now get this. Solomon says, this is also vanity. This is also useless. The Amplified says here, they didn't escape their doom. Verse 11. Because the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Now listen to that. He tells us a a great insight here. He said, just because people do wicked things and and the judgment isn't executed speedily, they feel like they got away with it once again. So here's the, 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 the point of verse 11. When sin and evil, guys, isn't punished... When it's not corrected in our lives, or it's not judged speedily, once again, people have the mindset, it's okay. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. There's no consequences. Have you ever been there? I have. I remember times in my life where I knew, or at least I thought the things I was doing was wrong, but because there was no consequences in my life, I thought, well, maybe this isn't such a big deal. Listen, guys, sin is never a big deal to God. It's a huge deal. God hates sin. He can't, he can't stand sin. You know why? Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death. And so right now, with every one of us, even in this room, you may be doing things that you know is not right in your heart, but because there doesn't seem like there's any immediate consequences, you keep doing, just keep listening to this here. Just keep listening to what he says. Verse 12. Though a sinner does evil a hundred times, his days are prolonged. One translation says they're seemingly prolonged, as if they go on and on and on and it's okay. Yet I surely know that it will be well with those who fear God, who fear before Him. The New American Standard says it will be better off. What does it mean? Well, people that live in in perpetual sin and think they get away with it, nothing's happening. The day's coming, guys, when it won't be good. And he said, it is better for those who live with the fear of God, who live with uh, the fear of the Lord before him. So he's telling us, live with a godly fear. It will be better for you. You know, so many times in our society... We look at everything people are doing and and we think just because man says it's okay, it's okay. It's not okay. i got to read the scriptures and find out what God says. Now, look what he ends with in verse 13. But it will not be well with the wicked, nor will he prolong his days, which are a shadow, because he does not fear before God. Who's the he that does not fear before God? The one that keeps doing wicked. He keeps doing wicked. Now here's the thing that each one of us need to understand. It's one thing for me to sin and repent of it. It's another thing for me to repent of sin and never quit doing it. The point of me saying that is this. If you're sinning right now, man, ask the Holy Spirit to convict your heart where it bothers you. And then say, man, I I don't want to do those things. And when you do do it, repent of it. And ask the Lord to help you to quit doing it. And that's still the process with me. Over and over, I still say, Lord, I don't want to be doing those things. It should bother me when I sin. If it doesn't bother you when you sin, you better get born again. You better ask Jesus to come back into your life. Because before I got born again... It never bothered me to sin. But all of a sudden, I give my heart to Jesus, something starts happening. Now, let me tell you a true story here. This happened just in the last few years. Had a guy who who started coming to church here. He got in a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble. You know, that, that that's sometimes what happens at church. People start coming to church when they get in a lot of trouble. Now, God's not against that, but I will tell you this right now. Don't use God as a, a life jacket, okay? Don't think God's going to bail you out of everything, okay? God loves you, but sometimes you're going to learn the hard way. It's what happened to this guy. So he gets sentenced to prison. He gets out of prison, starts coming back to church, doing well. Gets married, has a baby. But I start seeing him less and less in church. I run into his wife one day, and she says, I love church. I love to come to church. But to get my husband to come to church is like pulling teeth. She said, you would not believe all the excuses he uses on Sunday morning not to come to church. She said, and a couple of weeks ago he said this to me. He said, I'll go to this church over here, but he said, I don't want to go to faith church. I don't want to go to faith Christian. And she said, why? And he said, every time I go in there, I get convicted. Let me tell you something about the conviction. That's a good thing. That's a real good thing. Now your flesh doesn't like it. But that's the love of God. Actually uh, John 16.8. The Lord said. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. That he'll convict the world of sin. You know why? Because God understands. The wages of sin is death. It's not good. So this guy says. I don't want to be convicted. Now. I'm not saying this to bash other churches, guys. But you can go into places where the Holy Spirit isn't there, where there's a bunch of people that they don't want to be convicted. It's a lot easier to to have God on the back burner. And what I mean by God being on the back burner is, you know what, I, I want to know I'm saved. I want God when it's convenient or I need something, but as far as living God, no, 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 I want to live how I want to live. I'm going to tell you right now, you come in here. We pray on Tuesday nights and we pray through the week. We actually welcome the Holy Spirit to come in here and convict us. And that's not just for you. That's a Man, the Holy Spirit, convict me of sin. I don't want to do that. Why? The reverential fear of God will come on me. So this guy quits coming to church. Within a few weeks after she told me that, He had fallen back into his old behavior patterns. He got caught at work doing some things that he shouldn't have done. They fired him. A few weeks later, I'm notified that they're on the verge of losing their house because he's not paying because he doesn't have a job. Ultimately, his wife divorces him and he loses his daughter. Now, once again, guys, you can look there and think, Man, life is hard. Life isn't fair. Wait a minute. If I don't respond to the things that God guys, and allow the Holy Spirit to convict me of sin and live with the godly fear, what happens? A thing called destruction. Is that what God wants for every one of us? No. But when I don't live for the kingdom of God, I don't live for God, this is what ends up happening. And this is what this is talking about. So rejoice when judgment comes. Actually, James 5, 9 says, The great judge is coming. He is at the door. And guess what? He's going to judge every one of us. Sooner or later. Now go back with me into the New Testament to 2 Timothy this time. 2 Timothy, chapter number 3. As you're turning there, remember this. Proverbs 8.13 says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. It's to hate evil. One of the best things you can say is to get in to get in sync with God. Say, I love what God loves, and I hate what God hates. Love God, hate sin. Love God, hate sin. Okay? i tell you, it's that simple. And if you'll you'll continue to live with the fear of God, it'll help you in this area. Where you look and no matter if anybody's around, you know, God's watching me. God loves me. Now, listen guys, God's not a God that wants to slap you. I'm not preaching that God's up there at this Texas sized flyswatter saying, I can't wait till Doug Brown treats Kendra ugly so I can knock his head off. I'm just kidding, he wouldn't do that. See, that's not, that's not what I'm talking about, okay? That's not the God that I know. But God knows that when we don't live with the fear of Him, we open the door to crud. We open the door to junk. 3 Timothy. 2 Timothy 3. I'm going to get you messed up. Y'all didn't know there's a 3 Timothy, did you? Because there's not. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Now, the word perilous there, we don't use that all the time. But listen to the definition of that harsh times savage times difficult times dangerous times painful times grievous hard to deal with the word describes a society that is barren of virtue you know what that means to me a society that does not fear god kind of describes us a little bit doesn't it so to continue in the to continue in the gospel guys he's telling us here you're going to face a great Great increase of evil. You you can look right now, guys. I'm not that old, but I look back, and we're, we're seeing things now that we, we never would have dreamed of seeing. I mean, back in the 60s on TV, you never heard them say a cuss word. I remember when the dude in Gone with the Wind said, frankly, dear, I, I don't give a hoot. And man, we all rolled out like, oh my gosh. Well, now, I mean, you can't watch a show without them cussing or sleeping around or doing something. I mean, it's all over the place. So you can look. I mean, in 40, 50 years, the progression of things. This is what he's talking about. Now, right here, I believe that that Paul's giving us a wake-up call. But look what he ends up telling us, guys. The symptoms. Look at some of the symptoms. Verse 2. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, that's a good one, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good and so he's telling us here guys people are going to be characterized by all kinds of of self-centeredness and unnatural perversion that's what he's warning us about right here i really think nothing is viewed as sacred verse four traitors headstrong haughty lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of god Now, once again, when I look at that, that he talks about lovers of pleasure. I mean, I think about that in our society. Most Christians nowadays, you know, all we want to know or think is I'm saved. I want to live a life of pleasure. I want to do what I want, but I want to make sure I'm saved. And guys, I can't allow a pleasure to take precedence over Father God. I can't go that way. i got to make God first. Look what he goes on to say. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness. Having a form of godliness. Now listen to this about the form of godliness. They'll, uh, they'll, they'll live with an outward pretense of Father God and speak a vocabulary of Christianity. And you know what that means? We understand how to speak in Christianese. Praise the Lord. Isn't God good? I mean, when people tell you, Ooh, we got a problem. You know what we say to them to, to be Christianese correct? I'll pray for you. With never a thought to pray for. Kind of like, yeah, get out of here. Taking on a form of Christian but the power is denied. And you know what the power is denied? He's talking about living by the inspired word of God through the outflow and the over, overflowing of the Holy Spirit who comes to transform our lives. And you know what many people will say? No, 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 no. I want to make sure I got salvation, but I don't want to change the way I live. Wait a minute, God. Taking on the form of Christian, but the power is denied. And God we trust only when we lust for the apple of our eye. And so you know what that comes? We treat Father God like a sugar daddy. Gimme, give gimme, give gimme, give gimme, 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 gimme. When right here, the true the true sign of a Christian is when you start seeing a life transform, a life change. And that only happens by the inspired Word of God that I live with the fear. This is what God said, and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you guys, you've got to be filled with the Spirit of God. Why? It's not by might nor by power, but it's by the Holy Spirit. Now, this is totally off of what I was talking about tonight, but listen, guys, the Holy Spirit is, is not some alien from Roswell. You know, that's the alien cities, why I threw that out there. He, he, the, the Holy Spirit, guys, is not Casper the Friendly Ghost. Do, 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 do. There's nothing weird about the Holy Spirit. I mean, I, I'm telling you, guys, when Jesus Himself said to us, You must be filled with the Spirit of God. Something happens, guys, when that begins to to take place. And what happens is this. God comes on the inside of you and He starts working on the inside of you. And guess what? It starts manifesting or showing up on the outside. And people look at you and say, you're different. Because the power's not denied. You don't talk the way you do. You used to tell all those dirty jokes. You used to cuss. You used to act like the devil's stepson. But they start seeing a change in you. And when you blow it, man, you look at people and say, man, I blew it today. And it freaks people out when you go up to them and say, man, I need to apologize to you. I ask for your forgiveness. See, that's the power of God that starts working on the inside. For time's sake, go with me real quick. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Listen, guys, we cannot excuse disobedience or sin by marking it off as covered by grace. So, Pastor, grace isn't covered. Grace doesn't cover. Grace covers. But grace doesn't cover in the way we've been taught. Grace is not an excuse for me and you to sin. Grace is an empowerment to keep me from sinning. Woo, Pastor, that's good. Say that again. Grace is not an excuse for me to sin. Well, you know what? I can do whatever I want. I live under grace. No, 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 no. Grace is an empowerment to keep me, to help me from not sinning. Thank you. Thank you. Woo, i am telling you. Father God, great. Now, listen. When you start asking Father God to grace you, you know what you're saying? Empower me. Help me, Father God, to walk out what you're wanting, what you're desiring. I mean, for years, guys, I heard people say, you know what, I live under grace. I can do whatever I want. Really. Look at Hebrews 12. This will straighten that up real quick. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, that's God's kingdom, let us have grace by which we may do whatever we want to do. Now, by which we may serve God. If you didn't get that, let me explain that to you. What did he say grace was for? That I may serve God. Woo, Father God grace me to serve you. Woo, I want to serve you. I want to serve you. I can't remember which one of those guys we read about just a few weeks ago in the Old Testament. But it said, it labeled him, so and so, the servant of God. What a description. I don't know about you. That would be one of the greatest compliments when I got to heaven. If the Lord said, that dude right there, he's a servant of mine. Look what he jumps over to here. Hebrews 12, 28. By which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Doesn't sound to me like God said, Woo, I gave you grace where you can just sweep your life right under the rug. No, I believe this, guys. God is wanting the level to rise. He's wanting to love us to live with the fear. Just to get inside there where, where we reverence God. And we, we're honored to live for God and to serve Him just like this is talking about. And so, guys, I can't live however I want. I can't do whatever I want. Because when I end up doing that, guys, it's a thing called destruction. And let me end this week, and I've told this story over and over and over and over. I want you to really get this. There was the, the minister named Jim Baker. Years ago, he had a wife that her name was Tammy Faye Baker. Some of you may remember Tammy Faye. She didn't put makeup on with a, a little brush. She put makeup on with a paintbrush. I'm telling you, that stuff was thick. I mean, thick. I don't know why I told you that, but I did. So, man, their ministry just begins to blow up. Well, little old paint never hurt any old barn. That's why I told it. Okay. Sorry. I mean, keep moving here. Jim Baker, get my thought back here. I speak for a living, you wouldn't know it. So their their ministry begins to blow up. Things begin to happen. But they 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 feel like they're they're bigger than life. I'm not I'm not accountable to nobody. I, I can do whatever I want when I want. Now here's a question I want to ask you tonight. Who in your life has permission to tell you no? Can anybody look at you and say no? That that's wrong. Because if you don't have anybody in your life who you allow to do that to, I'm going to tell you, you're going to get in trouble. It's going to get you. It's healthy for for us to have people to say, you can't do that. So Jim Baker goes on and ultimately he loses his ministry. He loses his marriage. He's in prison. One of the major networks sends a guy to do a story on him. They get in there and the guy looks at him and says, Reverend Baker, when did you quit loving Jesus? And he said, I never quit loving Jesus. I never stopped loving Jesus. I love Jesus with all my heart. He said, I just quit fearing him. He quit living with a godly fear. And see, it's, it's a balance, guys. I'm not, I'm not downplaying love. Man, love is awesome. But I'm going to tell you, love without the fear of God you, you, you'll swing over to this ditch. And when you live with the fear of God without love, you'll swing over to this ditch. But man, when I have the love of God in me and the fear of God in me, man, I stay right down that, that highway. The things of God begin to move in my life. Things are well. It is well with my soul when I live with a godly fear. When I seek God, I stay right in my heart. I tell you, once again, I'm not a great example to you. I'll be a great example by the way I repent. I don't have a problem repenting. And I'm telling you, it's the greatest daily vitamin I take. You get around me and you... I, I repent all day long. I'm repenting. Some of you saying, Pastor, are you that bad? Yeah, i still. I'm still a work in progress. You get around me, you better put a hard hat on. This crud is falling off all the time. And I repent, oh, Father God, mold me and make me. You're the potter, I'm the clay. Change me. Change me from the inside out. And, woo it's working. Something's happened. If you don't believe me, ask my wife. She's put up with me for 32 years. She can tell you. Stand up. Stand up here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't know if this helps you, man. I, I'm almost ready to do cartwheels up here.